Second, I want to thank you for all of you for being flexible, okay? We all have to learn to adjust. Anytime you come to a new place, there's always going to be adjustments, right? And you know that's what it is. It's because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the Lord and others. That's what you have to think about. So if you hear about yourself, this is not a club. Where you're here to be served. And I want to thank God for the testimony. We're here to serve, not to be served. We're here to put the Lord so what do you pray about? You know, when you come to church like this, what is it that you pray about? And I want you to take a look at this. Oh, it's so wonderful. I'll be spending time with the Lord this morning. And today, I think I'll be praying the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Oh, I need my eyeglasses. I can't see. Lord's Prayer. Where is the Lord's Prayer? Okay. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be, hallowed be thy name. right you just called me heavenly father that's me oh lord is it you lord are you talking to me yes i am oh actually i didn't call you i was just reading lord from the bible huh uh your kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it as it is in heaven go ahead my child yes do my will you said you will be obedient to do my will Your will? Did I say that, Lord? Uh, probably I was just reading. But what's your will, by the way? Well, you know, my will is for you to be able to use your gifts, your talents, uh, your resources to do my purpose. Gift? What gift? I don't know my gift. What are you talking about, Lord? What gift are you talking about? I don't know. <sighs> You know, other people, they work 40 hours. I work 60 hours a week, Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. And by the way, I, I don't have time to fill that out, Lord. We have a lot of members who have gifts, but not me. You, know, you see, I'm very shy, Lord. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, give us this day our daily bread. Ooh, I like that prayer. Oh. So that you can meet the needs of others. 
thank you, Lord. But uh, about others, I don't know anybody. Okay, I'll continue. I'll continue. Uh, oh, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Oh yes, yes. Uh, we remember Mary. Mary, don't even mention that name. Duh, Lord, she went to Myrtle Beach with Patricia and Juliet. And man, they did not invite me. I thought I was part of that group. I cannot forgive those ladies. Ha. Oh, Lord, just forgive me, Lord, but not those ladies. I can't forgive them. Ha. I'm so angry. Lord, can I just continue my prayer? Please, please, Lord. And do not lead me to temptation, but deliver me from evil. Oh, yes, you went to the mall the other day. Huh? And you were so engrossed with all the stuff there. Talk about temptation and Lord, evil. Lord, I know shopping is my weakness, but you see, I'm a good mother and a wonderful wife. You know, I don't shop for myself, Lord. I shop for my children and my husband. See, I'm a very submissive wife, and I want my children to have the good things in life. You see, at home in the Philippines, I was very poor. So I don't want them to experience what I have experienced, Lord. So, see, I just love my kids and my family. Can I continue, Lord? Okay, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. A. We're talking about my kingdom, my purpose, and my glory. That is what I want for you. That you will do what is necessary for the kingdom that I have to be established in earth. I'm glad you prayed that way. Amen. Oh, it feels so good to pray and spend time with the Lord. World, here I am. I'm ready to face the world. Well, church, it's so easy for us to pray. Not really understand what we're praying about. You know, that Lord's Prayer is a very common prayer. As a matter of fact, it's prayed all over the world. But do you understand what you're praying about? When you say Father, it means you and I need to look like our Father. Somebody said, who should daddy? Right? If you and I are a child of God, we need to reflect God in our lives. So this morning, what I want us to think about, what would it take for us to become really a part of the body of Christ? Belonging to the family of God. If you are a part of the body of Christ and you belong to Christ's family, what would you look like? If you're supposed to be a believer, what would people say if I'm, a, if I'm truly am I a disciple? Am I going to be different? The Bible says you and I are a peculiar people. When you become a Christian... You will look exactly like the Lord Jesus Christ because God is your Father. Would you be different? I remember, you know, when you go, you know, when you travel, you and I should be unique. And I'm so glad about the testimony today that people will see something different about every one of you, especially you're part of the body of Christ. One of the things I notice when I travel, especially when you go through the airport 
and you're waiting for your bags, right? When they all come out, they all look the same. Like, wait a minute, Oop, that's not mine. I felt like I saw. Remember, I remember one time my wife and I traveled to the Philippines. You know what kind of bag she got? A pink bag. It's a pink one. I said, honey, why the pink one? I want to make sure that's my bag. And nobody, I guess I said, honey, that's so bright, you know. Yeah, that's, why, that's the reason why I wanted it, because I wanted it to be unique. And sure enough, you know, when, when we were waiting for mine, she put like a ribbon, so I knew my ribbon. But when that thing came out, it was the only pink one. I could see from afar. Mm, there was, mm. I picked it up. Sure enough, it was hers. Folks, you and I have to be different, have to be unique that you're going to stand out. Because if you don't stand out, it means you're just one of the crowd. And God expects us to be different. So think about what it means to belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me. Maybe, all right. He doesn't want to cooperate with me. Okay, we're, we're just learning other stuff, so be patient with us, all right? Do we play it safe to be a disciple of Christ? Do you play, in other words, do you want to be just be an incognito Christian? Are you just a passive observer, you just watch? Or are you a person that is truly much involved? Another question is, we don't want anyone to become uncomfortable. Let's not make them uncomfortable. Let's not make them mad. Folks, if you and I are going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to understand, you and I are going to be different. Because they will see something in us that people say, what is so unique about them? Notice, notice this. Notice the Savior. If you and I are going to be following the Lord Jesus Christ, watch carefully. Wherever the Lord Jesus Christ preached, He made people mad. Why? They didn't like the message about sin. About confronting things that you and I don't want to confront. And folks, we're not about making people comfortable. If that's, your play, if that's the game you're playing to become a comfortable Christian or not making anybody mad, you're not following Christ's example. Let me give a second example here. Whenever he healed, helped people, people got mad. The Pharisee says, why are you healing this person on a Sunday? He was healing people and people got mad. So when you're helping people, people might say, why are you guys doing that? They, they don't like it too. Whenever he reached out to outcasts of society, people got mad. He says, Jesus, why are you eating with the sinners? Why are you eating with people who drink? Murderers and all kinds of people that are outcasts of society. People got mad because he mixed out with them. Folks, you and I should be unique. People got mad because Christ did that. So we better follow his example. Let me give another reason. Whenever he did something good to somebody, think people see he was mad. When he entered, today is Palm Sunday. When he entered the city, people say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Remember that? They were welcoming this king. But the very same crowd like this, who said, welcome him, were the very same crowd who said what? Crucify him. Folks, if you're going to be a, a, a crowd pleaser, that's what you're going to be. You'll be a compromiser. Your belief of God will evolve for that God will be there to serve you than to serve him and others. And so if you think you're going to be a part of this church just to be served, you're in the wrong place. We've been talking about this the last two Sundays here. If you come to be a part of this church, you want to make sure you're following the model of Christ, His mission and His purpose and His vision. So it's not about you. 
This is the only institution when you become a member, it's not about you. It becomes others. So if you think that you're here and you want to be catered to, we're not here to cater to you. We're here to you and me to be able to follow Christ's example because it's about others. Remember what he said, the mother of Christ was? Remember the washing of the feet? It's about serving, not to be served. It's the servant attitude. And I thank God because all of you here, regardless of what background and titles you have, it's not about titles. Put, over, put aside all those titles. We're all what? Servants. What is the example? The Lord Jesus Christ. If you would say, I won't do that. I can't clean the bathroom. I can pick up the garbage. Then you better follow the Lord Jesus Christ's example. So it doesn't matter what you're doing because no matter how menial and small it is, as far as God is concerned, that is your role. It's important. So there is no job in this church that is too menial that you cannot do. So if God is going to call you to be a, a parking team member out there, please do that. Why? Because our church needs to be visible to this community that is a place for all. What I'm saying, our presence should be felt even one mile on Sundays before they come here. We should have signs. We should have people out there that says, come, you're welcome. Amen? So if you need to park farther, you park farther out and you walk for God's sake. Amen? If there's a parking space there, give it to somebody else. Don't think about yourself, right? If you sit, sit in a place. If somebody needs a chair, stand up and give it to somebody else. If they come to the line and they cut in front of you, let them cut in front of you here. Why? It's not about us. It's about servitude. Are we on the same page? All of us. And if you're going to be a leader of this church, you need to set the example. It's going to start with us leaders. If you cannot serve like the Lord Jesus Christ has served, then don't step up as a leader. Because the world says, I am entitled to be served. So let's put aside all of those entitlements. Right now we're about following the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? All right. So that is the review from last time. But let me share with you what I want you to notice here. Because my brother Dodi prayed about this earlier too. If we're going to accomplish God's work here, we need to have the burden and the boldness to stand up for what we believe. We need to be unique. We need to show that we're different. If you're about evolving in your character to become more like the world, you're in the wrong place. The world keeps evolving. Remember what I said last time? There is a denomination right now that is evolving in their theology. They're saying, the PCUSA, check it out, all right? If you haven't checked your news, check it out. At one point, this denomination was very, very much a biblical denomination who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the 90s, they started to say the Bible is not the inspired Word of God. It is good just for, for examples, but it's not the authority. There's a lot of mistakes here. The moment you question the authority of God's Word, everything goes. All of a sudden, your interpretation is more important than what the Word of God says. When that happens, today, this very same denomination who has lost members in the last decades... 37% of the membership has declined. 37% is bleeding. You know why? Because they got away from the ward. Today, they're very pastors right now, and some of the pastors are willing to officiate homosexual marriages. Why is that so? Why all of a sudden that becomes a, a, a thing that we have to... You know why people, people say, hey, what's wrong about two people loving each other? Have you heard that expression? 
By the way, you're going to hear that here. What's wrong about people expressing their love towards one another? There's nothing wrong about expressing love to one another, but when you say love in marriages, you're redefining what the Bible says is already wrong. It's between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Remember when he created the world? That's what how created for. So we have to understand that doesn't change. The word of God doesn't change. That has to be our authority. Second reason why I think we don't change, because we have the word of God, because you and I have now the spirit of God in our lives. The moment you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now empowered to obey his will. And third, he has given you the body where we can exercise that. So I want you to look at Acts chapter 4, verse 30 to verse 22. I know it's a little bit uh, blurry there. Can you read it? Can you still see it from back there? Okay, let me, let, me, let me step over here so that we can all be in the same page. Acts chapter 13. Do you, can, can you see it from there? I'm sorry, we're all... I can see it from here. Can you read it from back over there? No? Okay, anyway. Let me read what it says. Acts 4, 13 to 22, if you have your Bibles with you. When they observed the boldness of Peter and John, remember Peter and John, they're being questioned by the religious authority. Watch carefully. And realize they were what? Uneducated. What else? Untrained men. There was something different about these people. Peter and John. Something about them. They were uneducated in the way that people say, Wow, look at them. They got all this training. They were amazed and recognized that what? Here's the phrase. They had been with Jesus. Folks, one of the most important things that people will watch about us, number one, that you and I will become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our prayer. If there's going to be a sign of transformation, you and I are acting more like Christ. People becoming more like Christ. Amen? All right. Let's watch carefully. And since they saw the men who had been healed standing within them, they had nothing to say to something. There was somebody that was healed. They saw the miracles. And folks, God's people will be a testimony of miracle. When you see somebody who's into drugs, somebody who's into sex, somebody's into material possessions, and they're changed, they say, something's different. Why are they like that? They can behold the miracle of a changed life. Because all of a sudden, this person is no longer thinking about themselves. They're, right to, they're starting to see how much they've changed in terms of their love for other people, their families, and others. After they had ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, they, they conferred among themselves, saying, what should we do with these men? They became a problem. Notice what it said here. For an obvious sign evident to all who live in Jerusalem has been done through them. They could not deny the fact something great was happening. However, so this does not spread any further among the people, let's threaten them against speaking to anyone the name of of Christ. They said, if you guys continue doing this, we are going to threaten even to take your life. But notice what they said. So they called for them and ordered them not to preach or teach in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the kind of problem when you and I are bold, when you have the Spirit, all of a sudden, no matter where you go, you want to talk about Jesus. But Peter and John answered. Notice what they said. Whether it's right in the sight of God, or to listen to you rather than to, to God, you decide. For we are unable to speak about what we haven't 
for we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were what? All giving glory to God. They couldn't stop them. And people said, praise God for those people, oh God. For the sign of healing that had been performed for a man over 40 years that God had healed. A few more verses here. I want you to look at verse 31. When they prayed, the place where they assembled were shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak God's message with what? One of a sign of a person that has become a child of God, there is that boldness to speak up for him. And folks, if you don't have that boldness, you better start asking yourself, why is it that I'm not bold for the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it because I'm not really convinced about the power of the gospel? Is it because I'm not really clear about my mission? Is it because I'm not clear whether I truly am a child of God and I truly can say that is the most important decision in my life? Because if you're not convinced, you won't be bold. But if you are, you'll speak up for that. Notice another thing in Ephesians, Paul said, pray at all times in the spirit, in every request, and stay alert in this with all perseverance in intercession for all the saints. Pray also, look at Paul's prayer. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me and when I open my mouth to speak, to make it known with what? You know what boldness says? I have all candor. I have all the desire to be released, to speak up with confidence what God has given me to share. Folks, that's what I'm praying for. The GGCF from now on, this will be a turning point that every one of us here will have that burden and the boldness to speak for the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch carefully. We said last time, you become a member of God's family for a purpose. He also said, I am now giving you the Holy Spirit to give you gifts and talents of use for Him. Now He's saying, go do it. You see, you may have this, but until you do something about this, it's not shown. You're just a follower, not really doing what God does. You may just be a spectator, maybe a fan of Christ, but not a follower. He's asking us to be bold and to start standing up. It means from now on, you take that stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what I'm, I'll be asking for you to do. Boldness is to proclaim that God has forgiven us from our sins. You can share that, folks. Be bold to talk about what God has done in your life. But if you haven't experienced that, you won't have the boldness. Watch. Boldness is how you experience that forgiveness. If you truly know what it means to be a sinner and God has forgiven you and made you His child and given you eternal life, you can't keep that to yourself. You're bold to share your witness. Not your accomplishment, but what God has done to you. Be an instrument. Talk about your life. And God, nobody can question that. That is your testimony. No one out there can, test, can, can go against your witness. But you better have a witness. You better have a testimony. Because if you don't have a changed life, you, you can have that boldness. But if you know God has changed your life, you will talk about that. So every one of us here should have a witness and a testimony. And by the way, you'll hear from our missionaries who are going to the Philippines. Every one of them is going to come up here and talk about their testimony. You better hear whether there's a changed life because that's what we're going to do wherever we go. All right? Not being obnoxious. Oh, be careful. Oh, I'm going to be bold. If you're not going to accept the Lord, you're going to go to hell. To hell with... No, no, no. Maybe that's what he's going to say, Right? That's not what we're saying. You're, you're not going to be obnoxious. You're not going to push people. 
You're not going to make them feel like it's a pressure talk. No, it's not a pressure talk, folks. You know what he wants us to be doing? I like the testimony today. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to boast on these guys who, who, who were on a cruise. You can do it there. You be gentle. You be tactful. You be loving. You be concerned that these people will die without the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice here. To share Christ at every possible opportunity. Why? That may be your last time to share the gospel with that friend, a brother of yours. You may be on the German plane. I'm not scaring you, right? It, it may not be your time, but somebody else's time. You better be sure you share the gospel with the person next to you. You may be out there. Somebody could be ran over. You can be on a bus. You just heard about Dr. Villena's wife that's passed away, right? Just, just this week. Any moment, you can be gone, folks. But every day without that person on the Lord, you are not able to share that with that person. Could you really stand the fact that somebody said, you know, why did you tell me about Jesus Christ when you knew about that? We need to have the burden, the boldness. There are more than 40,000 students out here at NC State. 40,000 students. That's what I heard. How many of the students right now will be here and could lose their faith because their faith is being challenged by secular mindset out there? Your kid can be going to the school here. They will, they will challenge your faith. We better make sure that our children know what they believe and why they believe because they will be shaken out there. There will be many people out there who are looking for the faith and they're looking for somebody who can tell them what the truth is. And you and I have those opportunities. Pray that God will give us the boldness and the burden. That's what we're praying. Folks, our church will never be the same again when we stop thinking about ourselves and we start thinking more about others. So hopefully by the end of this year, we will see people's lives being impacted by the gospel because you were faithful. So what I would like to do, I'm going to move a little forward here too. Romans 1.16 For I am what? Not a shame of the gospel. Are you ashamed of the gospel? This is the most powerful thing, powerful message God has given us. That God can change lives and Christ died for their sins. He was buried and he rose again. And you and I have the opportunity to experience that change. And you should not be ashamed because that is the gospel. He loves everyone regardless of who you are. But notice here. Am I not ashamed of the gospel or am I a shame to the gospel? Because our lifestyle doesn't meet with our testimony. So let me make sure we understand what we're being called to. Watch me carefully. We're called to be a person. A person of what? Christ. We're called to be a person that follows Christ. For whose purpose? God's purpose. It's not about your family, folks. It's not about coming to America and have all this material stuff, the good, the great American dream. When you become a believer, it's to accomplish God's purpose. He created you and me for His purpose, for His glory. You, have, you better think about that. What else? With a passion. What is that passion? A love for God and a love for others. That, be, that is Christ's passion. That becomes your passion and my passion. What else? With power. Whose power? God's power to accomplish this. You and I can't do this. To a certain path that He directs us. Every one of us is being guided by the Lord to a certain path. 
and a certain assignment. Folks, we all have different assignments. We all have different roles. But these are all important in God's sight. God is taking you where you are. He wants you to be taking you somewhere. So don't just be comfortable just as a Sunday attender or a bench warmer. Today, after the service, there are pieces of paper back there. Places that you can volunteer. Let me make sure you hear me carefully here. Every Christian has a spiritual gift. Every Christian has an ability. Every Christian has talents and resources. And therefore, you need to use this to serve the Lord. Some of the questions here by people says, I don't know where to serve the Lord. Can I give you some opportunities of position? We need parking team ministries to help people park on Sundays. You think that's important? You bet. This place here, when there will be marathons, the place, this place will be packed with people. People need to know where to go. Because if they don't have any place to park, what will happen? They'll move on. You better know, help people where to park. Second, we call this the guest services team. What is the guest services team? Have you ever been to a hotel? Guest service, right? Can I help you? Listen, when they come in here, they should feel that this is a place that loves everybody. They should feel welcome. Don't, don't say, where have you been? I thought you were gone. You know, like, Listen, London. Or, or when somebody comes in here and says, can I help you? Like, 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 you, like you're, you know, if they don't look like you, it's okay, folks. If they have tattoos, if their hair are long, doesn't matter. God loves everybody. As a guest services team here, it's not about you and me. It's about them. When they come here, do they know where to sit down? We need ushers to go to doing that. When they got kids, they think they can be taken care of by our, our kid team. By the way, before they come on here, this chair said we set up. Can we have a set up and tear down team? This place has to be cleaned up and set up every Sunday. We need to, you to do that. Oh, by the way, after this, we're going to be hungry. Yes, she said, I, I'm a praise God. I agree. I'm all hungry too. Somebody has to prepare the meals here. And folks, can you think we can feed them on Sundays? It doesn't have to be expensive. Give us hot dogs and buns and something to drink. That will be great. Those students, they might not have any money. This may be the only lunch they can have on a Sunday. Pizza. Hey, pizza. Why don't we stock up with pizzas over here? I'm just saying, what will it Some people say it's too expensive. What is too expensive if one soul is going to be one for the Lord? We need to start selling, folks. So we need people to have what they call, I call them the, the, the food service team. The preparation and the serving. We need people to clean up as well. The bath. By the way, the bathrooms need to be cleaned up. They need to be cleaned. Do you realize when you come to a place, what is one of the things you look for? The bathroom. Have you ever been to those department stores? You go like, mm. this. You, have you been to a restaurant and the bathrooms are not good? What do you do? You don't come back next time. You expect church to be clean? Who's going to clean them? We need people who has that heart to clean and make the place ready. By the way, some people, before they step up to our church, they even need to know how to find this church. We need some of you who have the technical expertise to be our media team. Go on Facebook. Go online, website. Because they need to know first before they come here. You've got talents? Help us. Help us update our website on a weekly basis. 
put it on Facebook. Make it Twitter. Let people know there's such a place like this. We need the audiovisual team. The music. What about praise and worship? Can you hear what I'm saying? Men's ministry, children's ministry, family ministry. What am I saying? You better sign up for something here. If you haven't signed up for anything, I pray that God will lead you to something out there. There's a sheet of paper out there. Every church member here needs to sign up for a certain ministry. By the way, if it's not there, you have a ministry, make up one. Those are just suggestions there. So everyone here needs to have a ministry. All right. And so here's what I want you to look at. We need to become more like Christ. Follow his example. Second, as a body of Christ, the church needs to express what it means to be a body all working together that has a part. And third, the community where we're serving will be changed as a result of our presence. One of the proof that we have made a difference here, if, if we leave this place again, the people around our neighborhood will say, boy, did we miss GGCF. You know what? What sometimes I think about our testimony now that we left Oberlin there do you think those people would miss us? I keep asking myself about the question too. I just drove by this morning the place was empty right? I wonder if people say they didn't even notice or maybe they do people should know that when you're gone they're going to miss us folks what I'm asking that you to walk around this place this afternoon we will go around this place We'll invite people. Pray for the establishments here. I pray that we will bless the businesses here. By the way, there's a barber shop over there. Have your haircut there. I'm serious about that. There's a coffee shop there. Drink some coffee. Give them some business. Tell them I'm from a church. Invite them. Oh, there's a, there's a pizza place over there. Oh, there's a Saxby. I've known Glenn. I'm just saying in a short while, I've started to know people. Oh, there's a place here that has a shoe shop right close here. You got some shoes to be repaired? Bring it there. All right? And then what do you do? Hey, by the way, there's some students out there. You might meet us and say, hey, by the way, you want a free pizza? Come on Sunday. They'll give it to free. I'm just saying, let's bless the people around here. There are neighbors out there. Folks, our communities needs to be reflecting that our presence has made some change. Why? Because we're changed people. So that if God takes us away from this place or ever the Lord takes us back home, we can say, thank God. I've been able to make a difference even in the little thing that I'm doing here. It's not little if it's used for the Lord's sake. And so what I'm going to ask right now is to review our mission statement and then I'm going to ask us to make a pledge. Remember our mission statement? If you don't know it, let's better know it together, right? Because you will see this over and over again. Please, let us read this together. Shall we? Let it ask. As believers, we seek to reflect the Lord's glory to the world through our spirit-transformed lives and God's gifts of love that overflows to reach out to the lost. Because you are transformed, it, it becomes overflowing that we would not like to reach out to the lost. That needs to be our focus out there, not us. Notice our vision statement. This is a new vision statement. Because if I show you the old vision statement, it was good, but it was somehow limiting talks about Filipinos in the triangle area. This has now been changed. Shall we read it together? To be a multi-generational, culturally diverse network of churches whose lives, families, communities, and nations 
are being transformed through Christ Jesus by making disciples and equipping each other with God's word. See that? Multi-generational, multi-site, multicultural, that we're going to be doing that by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ through what? Disciple making. I am, and, and pastor, pastor are already making this commitment. If you want to learn how to become a disciple maker, you come on Wednesdays. We will start a leadership in disciple making classes. My commitment and Pastor Chris's commitment as leaders of the church is to be able to equip you to become disciple makers who can make you disciples of others. I don't know long, I don't know how long I'm gonna be here. God can bring me to another assignment. But I'm saying to you, I've committed for the coming years that that will be a priority to equip you. Why? That is the role of leaders is to equip. And so that when we step out, some of you will step up as deacons and elders of this church. But for you to get to that point, you need to be equipped. And so we're asking for you, you come on Wednesdays for prayer time and for, for equipping. Sunday is for worship and for others. Okay? So Sunday is not for equipping. Sunday is for outreach and for us to be able to reach out to the lost. You want to be equipped, you come on Wednesdays. Third, second, we want to be a part of a small group. Every member of this church needs to be a part of a small group. Why? That's where you do life together. If you're not a part of one, you join one. If not, we will create one with you. If you don't know how to lead one, then you come to our leadership training on Wednesdays. We will teach you how to become a, a leader for a small group. So what excuse do you have? All right? You better come, right? So here's what we want us to be doing right now. I want us then to dedicate ourselves to the Lord. So this is from the book. I think we gave you a book from, from Tom Rainer. If you become a member of church, we gave you one of this. And by the way, I took some of these things here and simplified it. And so I want you to look at this part here. We're going to pray together and we will dedicate ourselves, all ourselves to the Lord. Now, if you're not a member of this church, please, if you do this, you do this whatever church you're a part of. But we want you to get the meaning of this. Because if you don't know what you're being pledged for, then you just come to church as a spectator, not as somebody that is really as a, I would say, a member who understands their role. So let me explain it to you, and then we will say it together. It says, I will be a functioning church member. How? By growing, by giving, serving, ministering, evangelizing, discipling others, and be a blessing. In other words, you better know what your function is in this church. Second, oh, I like this. I will be a unifying member. What does it mean? Oh, folks, a source of unity. You're here to unify the body. Not what? Does this happen in churches? Oh, you better read the Bible, 1 Corinthians. They did a lot of gossip there too in the olden times. So it's not new. But this thing can destroy the church. Oh, did you know what? Prayer request, huh? Or did you see what that lady did? You, instead, of, instead of unifying, you can be dividing it, right? Help keep the unity of the body for the sake of the gospel so you learn how to do away with those things. I will not let my church be about my preference. It's not about you. I don't like the music. Listen, it's not about your preference. If that's about you, you're in the wrong place. 
It's not about you. It's about others coming to know the Lord Jesus. So we might change the music. We might change the presentation. Why? Because we're trying to reach out to people out there. Not your preference. Oh, why not? Why? It's not about you. Remember? Say it again. It's not about you. It's about others. Okay? Just remember that. So it's not about your preference. Oh, I like this. Came from the book, all right? I will pray for my pastors and church leaders. Why? If you read the Bible, many times the people that are attacked the most are the leaders. Once you get the leaders, the families, the institutions start to break down. Folks, you need to break for your leaders. Not only me, but all your pastor leaders, because the devil is really working hard on them to destroy them. Because once you destroy the leader of a church, then the church is also affected by that. Pray. Pray for what? Pray for their family. Pray also for their, for their protection. Pray for spiritual, physical. Physical. You think pastors and leaders need to be prayed for physically? If they're emotionally not right, they'll be affected. They can't lead. And it can destroy the family. Oh, here's what I want you to do the next. I will lead my family to be what? Our prayers that you become healthy families. Why? If you're healthy and they become Christ-like, your deacons and leaders will not be as burdensome about that. How do you do that? By discipling your family. Whose responsibility is to disciple the family? It is your responsibility, not ours. But we can equip you to help disciple your family. What else? To be prayer, studying the Word of God, worship, servicing, witnessing, and deeply in love with the church. Folks, your children and family should say, I love GGCF. You should be so excited that your kids can't wait for Sunday. And I would like to have us invest in our kids. You know why? If your kids love the church, where do you think the parents will go? They love the church, right? Wherever you go. Let's make sure our kids are taken care of. Let me give you another area we could be focusing on. I want to start focusing on the men. You know why? If you get the father, you'll get the family. That is biblical. I know women are important. Don't get me wrong, women. But when the men love the church and they love what is happening here, usually the family goes to the men. There's, there's been studies about that. You know why the Mormon church is growing too? Oh, by the way, they were knocking on my door yesterday. There's a secret about the Mormon church. You know who they've targeted? the men. Because if you get the men, you get the family. Oh, I pray that men, we better start thinking. We might, we, we'd like to make this place a place where men can feel like, man, it's good to have all these men out there. That's why I'm glad we got men over here too. Serving out there. Feeling the joy of loving the Lord. Because once the men need to be the head of the home and needs to be head of their spirituality in their house. Not the women. The women should be able to support the men. But the men need to be men of God. Amen? So men... We're going to ask you to step up, all right? If you're not, you better do because God is going to hold you accountable. You are accountable before God for your family. Spirituality really rests in the house, leads with the men. Amen? Amen, men? All right, okay. Ladies, make sure you encourage your men to do that, all right? And lastly, I would thresh your church membership as a, it's a gift. It's a place where you are humble enough to serve the Lord. You're honored to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And what else? You can love people and love others because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you make a commitment to this? 
think we can do that as a church? Today is a time for us to make this commitment. So if you're a member of DGCF, or if you're a member of another church, and you're here also visiting with us, I want you to say this in a spirit of prayer. That wherever you are, that you will not just be a spectator, but become a real, genuine member of the body of Christ. So here's what I want you to do. If you think you can pray with me with this, I'm making commitment. I'm going to ask you to be able to stand up and pray and make this as your pledge as we dedicate lives to the Lord. All right? We're going to do this together. Now, this is not a forced thing here. If you're not ready to do this, then it's between you and the Lord. But if you're a member of this church, we're asking, please, that is our prayer that we can make this as our pledge before the Lord. And we'll become the church that God wants to be. All right? So if you want to join me now, you can stand. If not, you can stick with us. Nobody's going to judge you for this. But you're making a commitment before the Lord. Lord, now I understand what it means to become a member of this church. Did you say And I'm willing to make this pledge. And I dedicate my life to the Lord today. So would you please join me now as you do this? I'm standing right now because I'm making myself committed to this. And we will say this together. Right? Between you, and then we will pray and dedicate ourselves to the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of your Son, dear Father, we pray that we'll be able to do this pledge we're just about to say right now. From our hearts, not for any kind of pressure, dear Lord, but because you have led us to be your followers, you have led us to this place, and now, Lord, we're ready to make a difference in the community we place us. So help us, Lord, even as we say this pledge together, shall we? I will be a functioning church member, grow give, serve, minister, evangelize, disciple others, and be a blessing. I will be a unifying church member, a source of unity, not a source of gossip or contention. Help keep the unity of the body for the sake of the gospel. I will not let my church be about my preference and desires. Think of others more than myself. I will pray for my pastors and church leaders daily for their family, protection, spiritual, physical, and mental health. I will lead my family to be a healthy church members by discipling my family in prayer, Bible devotion, worship, service, witnessing, and deeply in love with Christ church. I will treasure church membership as a gift humbled and honored to love the people of God and others that need to be brought to Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we're grateful for this opportunity for us to have this time to dedicate ourselves to you. Lord, you gave so much for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We now belong to you. Help us to live for you. Help us, Lord, to become the people of God and the body of Christ that needs to reflect what it really means to be one. Help us, Lord, to be able to make a difference in this community and beyond where you place us. Father, you've heard our commitments today. Father, we pray in the name of Christ. Allow us, Lord, to fulfill this. We can't do this on our own, Lord. Start with me, my own family, Lord. And start, Lord, with changing our hearts. That is truly the Lord, totally dedicated to you. And by means of your spirit, Lord, empower us to accomplish this. We can't do this, Lord. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray 
May your spirit, Lord, empower your people right now, Lord. Control them, use them, fill them, give us the boldness, and release us to the Lord to make a difference in this ever-changing world. And thank you, Father, for what you've done in the past. Thank you what you're doing even today. But Lord, we're even more excited what you'll be doing in the coming days. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God, make this vision and the mission of our church so real that every one of us, dear Lord, knows that we have a part in fulfilling this. So thank you, and we dedicate ourselves to you for the glory of God alone. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So let's remain standing and let's have a word of uh, song of response as we use this 